it's fairly rare that you and I get so excited about it. We love our <laughs> music, like really good music, right? Yeah. And a couple of fans right in the room here. Uh, you can catch Counting Crows uh, at Blues Fest, April 1 at Nicola Estate. Tickets through Ticketmaster, one of the great storytellers of our time from Counting Crows, Adam Duritz. Good morning, mate. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good morning. Good Very well. So, Adam, you are performing with the Doobie Brothers at Blues Fest. Is this a first-time thing or do you go way back? First time, uh, I want, we saw the Doobie Brothers once before. We played a festival, I think, in Memphis with them years ago. Okay, uh, very cool. I don't really know any of them, though. Oh, well, I'm sure. We spoke to, who did we speak Michael to? Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald. Yeah. And he was, great. he seemed lovely. So I'm sure you're going to have a wonderful great time. soul voice. Mm. Cool, yeah. I mean, I, I loved the band growing up. Yeah. Great band. Yeah. Mm. Last time they were here, they were brilliant. With, uh, it was when Tommy Johnson was singing all the vocals. Yeah, really good band. So, Adam, is it true when you did the band's first demo tape, Counting Crows, there was a bidding war with nine different record labels? Uh, I don't know how many, but it was sort of seemed like it was all of them at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty complimentary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was very excited at the time. Yeah, I bet. Hey, Adam, we caught up with uh, David Gray, another great songwriter, uh, fairly recently. He talked about how weird fame is. Uh, he said it's a really weird beast. What's your take on the whole fame thing? Because you know, it just kicked in big time for you guys. Well, I've always felt it's like it's not so much something you do as something other people do to you. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, the, it's just really you're yourself, and then the next day everybody starts acting really strange. Ah. Uh, mm. And it, I, I will say it's great for a career. Of course. Um, it does does wonders for your career. It's obviously a big anniversary this year, 30 years since the release of your debut album, August and Everything After. I want to ask you a question, and I'm asking you to cast your mind back 30 years, so I don't mm. know, but I remember this really clearly. When the album came out, I, I was watching David Letterman and Counting Crows went on as the musical act at the end, and you did Round Here. And Dave was obviously a big fan. You could tell mm. from his enthusiasm when he was introducing you. And then I re- you absolutely blew the roof off with this version of Round Here. And D- I remember Dave coming out at the end, going up onto the stage as he did, you know, to finish the show. And he came out and he said, well, that's it. We don't need any more music. Not going to be able to top that. <laughs> do you remember that? I, I do, actually. Do you? I, was, I had grown up as a huge fan of David Letterman. Yeah. You know, the show came on when I was in college. I was just starting college. I think I started the same year the show came on. Yeah. And I watched it every night. I idolized him. Yeah. And right. so meeting him that day was amazing. Uh, and just like a few months, when it was last year, it was the 40th anniversary of the, the Late Show coming on. Yeah. Right. And so Seth Meyers did the show with only one guest, which was David Letterman. But secretly, Seth had asked me to come on and play Long December. Oh, that's uh, amazing. Wow. So uh, I got to see him again just a few months ago. Or I guess it was last year sometime. Yeah. And yeah. it was so cool because he's the <laughs> beginning of it for me. Yeah. Uh, and he's a part of the beginning of my adult life, really. Yeah. And uh, I, I still idolize the guy. That's and, amazing. Uh, it, was great. it was great that Seth, you know, decided that, you know, I was the guest that should come on and do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was clearly a big fan. He's a huge fan, yeah. Johnny Carson was, you know, a little bit before my time, but Mm. I am well aware that Carson could really make or break someone by, you know, having him on the show and making a fuss. Mm. Did you feel that with Dave as well? Very much. I mean, we were really lucky at the beginning of our career to play uh, Letterman and SNL. Yeah. Yeah. Things that really, really blew us through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it happened for a long time in Australia, especially in the 80s uh, with a guy called Molly Meldrum on Countdown, who used yep. the power of TV to mm. make or break careers. Mate, one of my favourite albums of all time is an album called Somewhere Under Wonderland. I know you know it well. Uh, now, there's a song on there. There's what I call a masterclass in songwriting, which kicks that album off called Palisades Park. And I, I know it was a great bunch of childhood memories for you, but do you do fiction, mate, or do you have to have lived it to write something so beautiful? That song is a lot of fiction. Right. Palisades, okay. You know, I mean, but it's, all, you know, even... I think you're only really writing about how you feel. Yep. Mm. It doesn't have to be the, the plot doesn't have to be, I mean, it's not a diary, Okay. you know? So I think that, and I didn't realize that for a lot of years. And, and I finally realized I could write songs really specifically when we made somewhere under Wonderland mm. that weren't, there were still stories about how I feel without being stories about what I'd lived. Right. Um, and I, that, that is a perfect example of that. You know, it's about two kids growing up in New York. I grew up in Texas and in California. Hmm. Uh, your lyrics have been described as morose, tortured, oh. and as wordy introspection. Personally, they're my favourite type. <laughs> uh, do you take that as a compliment? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I've been known to mope from day to day sometimes, <laughs> but uh, I think they're full of hope, really. I mean, I think I yeah. really write songs about things that are difficult, but uh, that are still full of possibilities. You know, maybe not optimistic, but hopeful. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Mate, we've just had the Oscars this week, and I know you've got an Oscar nom for uh, Accidentally in Love from, from Shrek, and I knew that meant a lot to you to be part of, you know, kids' history as those kids grow up now. But did you go to Oscars night in 2015? Did you go to the Academy Awards? 2005, I should say. Uh, well, I went and lost. I really think of it as the oh. night we got an Oscar lost. Oh. No, <laughs> no, you're supposed to be thrilled just to be nominated. Uh, yeah, yeah, I should be. But I really remember losing. I would have really been thrilled if we won. Yeah, yeah. That would have been fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and that build-up as well. It's a, it's a yeah. long process. And the goodie bag. Oh, yeah. if they it, had was a, it was a big year that way. We lost a Grammy, we lost uh, oh, an Oscar, man. and we lost a Golden Globe. Oh, don't oh, look at dude. it like that. Which was a better night out, the Oscars or the Grammys? <laughs> Oh, I, I've never gone to the Grammys. That looks like the most boring oh. thing in existence. I could not imagine going. It's a weird night, isn't it, by the look of it? I, I, I really have never gone. I, I, it doesn't even interest me. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, mate, I hear you're a pretty mean uh, chef. Is that fair to say your, uh, your chicken recipe is pretty good because it works with turkey too? I'm a pretty good cook. I, you know, I'm not a great chef or okay. anything, but I'm a pretty good cook. I believe that both of your parents are doctors. How does that go down when you say, I'm going to be a rock star? Oh, I think they were fine with it. Oh, uh, it, might have been, it might have been different if we sucked, <laughs> but they really liked the band. So they were pretty, they were very supportive even when we were struggling. Yeah, awesome. But you're talking about the, uh, the, night, uh, the late night ho- TV hosts, and a lot of them are really passionate music fans, and even stretching to these days to James Corden and, and the Jimmies. But some aren't, some people who do a lot of those shows aren't real music fans, so you probably get a lot of clumsy questions, but which gets brought up the most? Is it the song Mr. Jones or is it Dreads? Is it your hair? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't get interviewed that much. We go right. out and play, but I don't often get interviewed. Right, okay. Bring yeah. it on as a feature because people want the music. The album, August and Everything After, the debut album. It, it is one of, I think it's one of the greatest debut albums of all time. Round Here is my favourite song of yours. And a friend of mine um, over in the Eastern States, he got a dog when that album came out. It was a rescue dog and he immediately called it Mr. Jones. And he got this dog home and turned out Mr. Jones was Mrs. Jones. So we just called uh. her Jonesy. <laughs> Do you, no, they, he didn't know until they, until they got home. Do you have a favourite song of your own or is that like... Like, you know, trying to pick a favorite child or... I don't know if I have a favorite. I, I do think Long December is kind of perfect. Right. It's the only song that I never mind playing. Mm. There's never been a night where I didn't want to play it. And every other song, as much as I love them, 
there's been a night where I didn't feel like playing them. But a long December, it just always seems like a pleasure. Yeah. Mm, mm. I guess when your songs are so meaningful, you mm. know, they're not just sort of empty not pop songs. Pap. You are going to be moved by different moods, aren't you, as to, oh, I just don't feel like I'm feeling this tonight. Yeah, and it's also just that you do it a lot. I mean, I've, I don't know yeah. how many shows we've played over the years, but it's a lot. Yeah. And, you know, there's bound to be some night where you're just, you know, not in the mood for that song. Mm. Yeah. But the next night you will be. Yeah. Uh, you know, the songs don't fall out of favor for very long. It's yeah. really just for a night. Please don't not be in the mood for Round Here on April the 1st at Nicola Estate. <laughs> this is very exciting. She's very excited, man. <laughs> hey, Adam, in 2014, mate, I saw Springsteen. He finally came to Perth. He's been to Australia before that, but he came to Perth and he did a, a cover of an Australian band called The Saints, great punk band, a song called Just Like Firewood, which I loved. And I know that you're a fan of an Aussie band called Gang of Youths. Any chance of a <gasps> God, Let Me Down Easy or something that when you're in Oz? Let Me Down Easy? Uh, I don't know. I still have on the new album on a few songs. Yep. Um, but I don't know if we're covering them at the point. They're really good friends of mine. Uh, oh. I'm going to go up early to Bruce Fest. Uh, they play the night before us in uh, Byron Bay. Right. So we're going to drive up early that night and go see them. Yep. And I was just with David a few months ago. We, we were in, uh, before we went on our European tour, we went and stayed out. We did Christmas together. Wow. Uh, which is great. Brilliant. Being great friends, I'm guessing you've heard their cover version of Joni Mitchell's Both Sides Now. <laughs> that Yeah, it's on that EP. It's Beautiful. Oh, yeah. that is my favourite cover. What a song. It, it's also part of the warm-up songs that we have on for, ah. like, the time before we play. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Right. That's, in, that's in the set early in the night. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think what else is. The Heart is a Muscle is in one of them. Right. Uh, so that, I hear that every night. Like, I, he and myself, Chris Caraba, we're all really good friends. So I have Dashboard in there and uh, Dashboard Confessional and Gang of Youth play in the hours leading up to our show. Yeah, wow. talking. Yeah, we warm people yeah. up in the right way. I love that. Mate, uh, what was the last uh, band or artist T-shirt you wore? And it's okay if it's your own merch. I have a Psychedelic Furs shirt oh, on right now. Oh, <laughs> I was wearing a Mata Hoople shirt yesterday. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. I've seen you rocking yeah. the Beatles one as well recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a beauty. My, oh, my wow. Lou Reed one's almost worn out. Lisa Laughs one I wear. That's that got is- some... So many holes. Oh, it's still got some life in it oh, yet. Oh, it has. Until it falls apart at the seams, Absolutely. it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a great Transformer shirt. Great uh, yeah, yeah, shirt. he's got that too. That's, that's the one. <laughs> it's full of holes, but I'm, it's like my last Bowie one. I've got to keep it going. All right. Yeah. Well, we can't wait to see you at Blues Fest April 1st with the Doobie Brothers and uh, yeah. our own John Butler and Michael Franti and Spearhead and Russell Morris. Thank you so much for chatting to us today. Thanks for the time, bud. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, and take care.